Today's text is in uh, Ephesians 6. And here, here we read this pretty simple verse. After, after talking about the breastplate and the belt and the shoes, we, we see with all of these, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Pretty simple, right? So let's just talk about this for a couple minutes. Talk about this shield of faith. Shields can be like many things, right? Like I I spent a little bit of time on my porch. The weather was nice. Thinking through like, what do I think of as a shield? And I think of like... uh, maybe like British, like coat of arms kind of things on a shield, you know what I mean? Where families have the little symbols or whatever. I, I think of the people on horses with the long lances who who just run at each other and stab each other, which is really a kind, pleasant thing to do. And I think they did it for sport. Uh, I, I think of Captain America and the shield that he throws that's kind of like a boomerang. Somehow it can hit 12 things and still ends up hooked onto his arm. I I don't think any of those are exactly what the shield Paul is talking about is. So so real simple, the shield that Paul is talking about was about four feet tall, and and people were a little shorter. Uh, If you hang out in old Louisville and see the height of the doorknobs, you know even 100 years ago, people were a little shorter. So four feet back at this time is pretty tall. as Cat would say, picture, picture Cat as a first-century Roman. <laughs> so, so like life-size is what the shield is, and uh, it, it would be wood wrapped in like a, a hide of an animal. It would have metal all over. It'd be about the the thickness of of your hand. So it's 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 a hunk. Right, this this shield is something, and it was meant for protection. And I think if we're gonna really look at this verse in our context, the question to start with for you and I is: Where do we find protection? Where do you feel protected, and what do you utilize to protect yourself? A little bit in our culture, part of what privilege is, is multiple levels of protection, right? The more privileged we are, the more ways that we're protected and guarded. And whether that be race or economics or or job security, all of this is just different levels of protection. I, I was thinking of uh, zip lining. Y'all ever zip line before? Yes. I, I've done this a couple times. I'm not what the French call brave, um, but I, I have done it. And part of what makes me okay with zip lining is they give you about 75 layers of protection. You put a helmet on, they make sure you're wearing shorts that won't hurt, that won't rip anything up. You, you've got this belt that like could, I don't know, withstand anything. And then you have like two or three carabiners and extra ropes and the ropes have extra ropes to secure them. And pretty much after 
75 layers of protection where they convince me that I have it all, they say, okay, now you can go risk your life on, on this thing. And it's not really risking anything because there's no way I can get hurt or uh, they would be shut down, right? And that's kind of what we think of in, in our culture. That's where we want to be, to that layer of protection. To sleep at night, what, what do we need to feel protected, to feel safe. We sometimes need money hidden under the mattress. I, I know my, my grandpa had money hidden everywhere. He had none in his bank account, but he had tons in like his extra pair of shoes. I, I know people who have a go bag. They're not up to anything. They're not doing anything shady. Nobody's after them, but they've got a go bag in case they just have to go. Oftentimes when I'll go eat with people, there's a fight to have the seat that's back is against the wall. And the last seat, whoever shows up last, gets the door where the, the seat is your back against the door, right? Because you want to be able to see, you want to feel protected. Even when we park cars, often we back into spots. So in case we have to go quick, our car is facing the right direction, Right? This is a reality. We have, our insurance has insurance if we're privileged. We have layer upon layer of protection. And I think what we're doing is we're trying to not need to trust one too much. Because what if that one fails us? So if that one fails us, we've got another one. If that one fails us, we've got another one. We're, we're, we're diversifying our protection. But really, this is... Just like what we, what we saw, you know, in the Old Testament times, it's, it's having lots of different gods that we appeal to. It's having lots of different things that we run to. In case one fails, we've got a backup and a backup to the backup and a backup to that one. I actually read yesterday that in Germany right now, they're recommending that you mix the vaccines, that your first vaccine be one and your second one be another one, just in case it didn't catch it all. So we're, we're just, we're just everything, right? Like, and, and if you're able, that's what we kind of have. Don't depend too much in one place because you'll be let down. But if we remember the very first week in this, we talked about our, our enemy is not flesh and blood. Our enemy is not going to come through the door at that restaurant. Our enemy isn't going to come steal our money or make us reach for that go bag. And so, really, what are we going to for protection? This is the, the sobering question. I'm not saying it's bad to have... Uh, backup plans and all that kind of stuff. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about really like where are you protected? And where are you going to? A lot of us know the pain of we had a relationship where we thought that was the place we were protected and then that relationship changed. And our worldview kind of shattered a little bit there. This is the place where Jesus has this interaction with Peter and the disciples where, where people leave because Jesus does a hard teaching and Jesus says, are you going to leave too? And Peter says real soberly, where else am I going to go? 
Where am I going to turn? Yours are the words of eternal life. But that's not this like, this charge kind of anthemy statement. That's a real honest, like, where am I going to go? Jesus, I find life in you, but at the same time, I find not all of this feels resolved. Not everything feels finished. That's part of what faith is. You see, often what we want is certainty, and we're not offered that. So there's this place in in 2 Samuel where we actually, we get a psalm written in real time. You can find it in the psalms as well. But in 2 Samuel 22, we see where David records a psalm, and we see where it comes up. And in verse 31, he says, This God, his way is perfect. The promise of the Lord proves true. Which, let's sit in that. Still, there's hardship in our life, but the promise rings true. He is a shield for all who take refuge in him. I think this is important for us to see. What David is saying is that God is actually the shield. Sometimes when we talk about a shield of faith, we think it's our action. We think it's our, like, ability, right? And then if something happens, we think that we failed that we weren't good enough. But we see here that God is our shield. And so then the question is, so do we just passively sit back? Do we just take it all? Do we just whatever, there's nothing we can do, it's all just whatever God's going to do? No, I, I don't think so. Paul alludes to this and in that verse in Ephesians 6. Paul says, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So he talks of these flaming arrows. Now the flaming arrows are not like, like my kids have the little like suction cup arrows that you shoot with like something that feels like dental floss. You know, it doesn't go anywhere. These flaming arrows were seven feet long. The, the head of them were heavy. They were more like javelins. They would go about 10 yards, and, and the head of the arrow would be pointed, but would also be covered with, uh, with all the, like, some cloth, not at the pointed end, but around the head of it would be some cloth soaked in something that, I mean, it's not gasoline, but something like that that would be flammable it'd be on fire and the point of it is not not so much to hit you with the arrow but to burn up everything around you to burn up your shield to burn up the ground maybe burn up your clothes all of that it's saying that these seven foot arrows are coming at you and this faith is intended to quench the arrow so when the arrow hits the shield the fire goes out the threat goes out There's still a seven-foot arrow, but the threat is out. Now, here's the thing about that. The shield needs to continually be soaked. Continually, it needs to be covered in water. This wood and and hide and uh, and metal, it, it needs to be soaked in water so that when the fire came at it, it didn't happen. I think this is our role In faith, we are actively participating, remembering, and applying that memory. That's our role in faith. 
is to remember when God was good and actively apply that memory of God's goodness. Is to remember when we weren't let down and actively apply that memory. If you remember, we were studying Galatians. And this verse came up. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinarian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. And so we're given this. Remember that in faith who you are. Remember that you're children. You feel exposed. You feel on your own. You feel unprotected. And then you soak that shield of faith in in the water of memory that you're a child of God. The waters of baptism are really a remembrance, right? And I remember some of you I was at your baptism. I got to be a part of that. We remember back to that. In, in many churches throughout church history, there's, there's a pool of water by the entrance where you put your hand in that to remember your baptism, that it matters, that it was significant, that that stirs your faith. Communion is a remembrance. In this verse, we're told that we are clothed in Christ. You're not vulnerable on your own. You're covered by who Jesus is. It's... It's our way of remembering. But there is a challenge to all this. We, again, we want certainty, and that's not offered. And this week, just in myself, I feel that a little bit. I, I told our leadership team yesterday, this is the week that, that my dad died a lot of years ago. But from the 4th to the 11th, every year, I feel it. And I had a cousin who just died uh, ultimately because of the impact of depression and how that can exhaust your body and deprive your body. And so she died of that. I have an aunt and uncle, my dad's best friend and and brother, who right now are are suffering and, and probably going towards the end of life. I'm feeling this this week, right? And what does faith look like in the middle of those? It doesn't mean that my uncle's necessarily going to magically just return to his 30-year-old self. I might be going up to Minneapolis for a funeral in the next few months. Definitely in the next few years for somebody. We're told by Jesus that in this world you will have troubles, but take heart. I've overcome the world. That's part of what this is. And there's a delicate dance of feeling and, and and going through all the emotions of this life, but still holding on to this real faith, still holding on to who God is. And I bring all this up about this week because our faith is meant to cover one another. That's a part of faith that we don't talk about enough in the U.S. church. For those of you I lived beside for a while, we know that we've done this for one another. The shield was four feet tall, but it was also two and a half feet wide. And if by chance you didn't have a shield, or if by chance your shield burned up because it wasn't soaked in water, what you would do is then hide behind someone else's shield. In a community like this, if we faced attack, what we would do 
is stand side by side by side by side, and if we need to, form a circle around ourselves with our shields covering to fight off attack. And that's what faith is to look like on a week where my faith is weak. If there's a week where my faith feels like it's a struggle for me to remember and, and that arrow might hit, then I, part of community is I then hide behind yours. Then God in you is big enough to cover me. And on the week where you need that, then you come say, hey, I need that. And you come hide behind my... And then the good news of this to the community is anybody can walk in, and if they don't have a shield themselves, you don't have to. It's okay. Our God's big enough to cover you. Our God's big enough. Come hide here and eventually realize, as Paul writes, that you're hidden in Christ, that it's okay. That sure, there's still troubles in this world, but take heart. God's bigger. For some of us, we're in that week right now. For some of us, we're in the week where it's hard to remember God's faithfulness. And if that's you, I want to encourage you not to hide alone. Go hide under someone else's faith. Go hide beside somebody. Go hide in Christ. That's where we're invited to hide. For some of us, we're in a week where it's easy to remember. Our faith feels strong. Then be that on behalf of someone else. Be that for someone else. Lean towards each other. Celebrate that. Enjoy that. Know that God is near. We're going to take just a minute and I want to allow you just a, a minute to be honest about where you're at right now. If you're somebody who wants to remember more faithfully what God has done, then ask God to help you to remember. If you're someone who's aware right now, then celebrate that and thank God for that. If you're someone who needs to hide behind someone else's faith, then be honest about that with God and then with, with one of us as we go towards communion and after. And if you're someone who has room for someone to hide with you, then ask God for that opportunity. I'm going to give you a minute now. Uh, then I'm going to pray and when he's going to lead us in communion. Okay? So let's, let's sit still together for a minute.